Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Good evening, IDP Army. This is Billy Mansell here. Our uh, regular intro guy, Joe, is not with us this evening. But that's okay, because we have a very, very suitable replacement. Um, the IDP King, Jordan Reigns, with us. But first, Josh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm glad to have uh, the IDP uh, army, and I mean, I guess the IDP leader of the army uh, with us today and telling us his rankings. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some defense. So, yes. I know we're, I, I know finally we're the big boss is at the offensive points. I'm happy uh-huh. to see. It. I know we're called offensive points. So, I mean, we get a little defense in here every once in a while. Yeah, let's do let's be defensive points for one short evening. They, All right, they Jordan, say the best doing tonight. They say the best offense is a good defense. So that that's a good point. That's a my, good point. my hockey coach at eight years old told me that. So <laughs> it's, it, like it's got to be true. Smart guy. All right, fellas. Well, we're here to freaking talk about some IDP tonight. So let's talk about it. Um, to start out with, I just kind of wanted to go around. Can we just explain to the listeners why they should play IDP? Because I know a lot of people that listen to our podcast are just season long offensive players. They do team defense. I know we're all negative team defense but um just why do you all like playing idp josh i mean you can start out well we should we should let the general start out on this he's well fine yeah yeah actually the general the general of the army should probably speak to his constituents so (laughs) go ahead jordan uh state state of the union to get you all hyped up i guess uh i'm not anti-team defense per se i think you can play team defense and uh 
IDPs together. I kind of like that. But uh, but IDP is obviously the preferred method. But I mean, why do I? Why would you want to play IDP? And my question is, why wouldn't you? People that don't want to play IDP in my mind are just they're just lazy. They don't want to learn something new, or they have too much ego to say that they don't understand what's happening on defense. And as a predominantly male-oriented sport, subsport, subculture, um, it's hard for men to be like, "Hey, other man, I am." less than you you know like when you get dogs around each other the big dogs put their you know bristle and the little dogs tuck their tails but if everybody's an offensive dog everybody's a big dog so everybody runs around you know sniff each other's butts with respect um but it's a little bit harder whenever you have to admit that you know you maybe aren't as adept at football and fantasy football as you claim to be so that's scary to test those waters um and no one really challenges the, you know, the, a lot of offensive people to do that. So you guys need to do it. If you don't play IDP, I mean, you're literally playing half of fantasy football. Uh, you know, my new favorite analogy is likening it to setting up a chessboard. I mean, you set up a chessboard and you have two rooks, one on each side. You have, you know, two knights, you have two bishops. And setting up your fantasy platform, you know, your fantasy season with only offense is like setting up chessboard with only half of your players. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same game. You're playing chess, sure. But you're not playing with all the variables. You're not playing with all of the weapons that you have. Therefore, you're not playing the most realized version of the game. So you can't really knock somebody for playing just offense because everybody does it. But when you put it under that context, like, yeah, but you are literally, if you can step outside of yourself in your world right now, admit to yourself, you're playing half of the game. There's a full board and a full set of pieces. You're choosing to set it up with half and you're okay with that, again, it comes back to the male ego thing that a lot of guys just don't want to say that's what it is. But you don't have to be that chump, all right? You can watch Grey's Anatomy. You can, you can, you know, play IDP. You know, you can go to a gay bar. You know, this is a 21st century, guys. Get it to fucking gather. Man, Good point. Chief, chief petty officer over here just going in on it. I love it. <laughs> Um, that was actually my mom's final rank, just a fun fact in the Navy. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to try to call you everything I can think of because considering you're the lead of the army. Um, but no, honestly, my, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, to quote one of our good buddies, Davis, um, they're out there half the time. He said it a lot more angrily than I am. They're out there for just the same amount of time as the offense. And so learning that, I mean, you can kind of even ease your way into it. I started a league and took out team defense and put four IDP players in there. And that way you can still, everybody can still have four good players. And it's honestly really competitive that way. Cause there is so much on the free agency. Um, we did expand our bench a little bit this year, but just in general, throw, throw four IDP players out there. And that way you can still grab the big names and you can still understand it. And that way you'll learn a little bit better about who who's coming up and the rookies and whatnot. But I, I'm a high component. I'm in a, plenty of defensive leagues where we literally have a defensive league that determines the draft order every other year. So I, I love learning it. And a lot of people in our league were relatively novice at it as well. And they've learned themselves. So I say, just give it a shot at the very least, just for fun, put five bucks on it. The winner takes all or something. Yeah, and I feel like the number one complaint from people is like, I don't know anything about this. I, I don't know who any of these players are. Well, you know a lot about offense, right? And, you know, when your quarterback gets sacked, don't you kind of wonder like, oh, well, shit, that wasn't the Tampa Bay defense. That was a specific person that made that sack. It's, it's just as fun to watch that as it is to watch Tyreek Hill 
hit a 90-yard touchdown. Seeing somebody get a sack force fumble is a really exciting part of the game. Like, wouldn't you want to, like, cheer for your team when something like that happens? And I think that's just a really exciting part of the game, something to add to the already fun that you're having on the offensive side. You don't have to, like, go to the bathroom because none of your players are on the field. Like, you know, you're engaged the entire time. And that way, you know, you have just more things, more fun at the table, like when you, you play the game. Like, and I think that's just a really important thing for a lot of people to understand is that they can have it both ways. You don't have to just have offense. You can play defense, too. You don't have to just blanketly root for Washington's defense. You can be like, oh, I have Chase Young, and he just ran that in. That's like 13 points by himself right there. Like, that's awesome. I, I mean, personally, that was really awesome last season. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it's a lot of fun playing IDP, and I, I just really hope that more people will give it a chance, even if it, like Josh was saying, not an entire team full of defense. It's, you know, just a couple players. Just get the stars. It's fine. It, it, you know, nobody's going to hate you for that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with playing, you know, four, five, six, three, whatever IDPs. If that's what it takes to get you guys in, <clears throat> that's fine. Um, if you got to wait in, that's cool. You can jump in head first. That's fine. Um, yeah, you should do it. You know, again, it's just like Josh said, Davis says, you know, if there's an offensive snap being played, there's a defensive snap being played. So why are you not playing them? So it's pretty, uh, it, I mean, it's almost feels redundant having this conversation because it's so obvious to anyone that actually plays IDP that you should be playing IDP. But anyway, hopefully more people come around and, Hey, well, I know a lot of the audience, a lot of the people I talk to don't play IDP, and so they kind of like zone out during these podcasts until we get the names they know. And it's like, I kind of want to just change that narrative. So like, having you on and talking about it, then maybe those people will be inclined to at least try one league this year, maybe just something. Or even like with me, like they could ask me if they want to be in an IDP league, you know, we give it a try, you know. That doesn't hurt to learn. How many, how many do we start? We start a new one almost every year at this point. And I mean, exactly. every, everyone knows who JJ Watt is. Why not have him on your team? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, maybe not this year, but, you know, he's getting a little older, but still. Well, everybody knows who Aaron Donald is. I mean, we are going to talk a little bit later about maybe not having him on your team, but you're not going to know that if you don't have him on your team to begin with. So Man, it's just pulling a Josh there, just starting off with one of our topics I for am later. Just bringing it out. So, anyway. Without further ado, let's get on to the next topic here. And we're just going to talk about the IDP index um, for a second. Um, Jordan, do you kind of want to explain how people can get access to this? Or maybe just explain to them how the Patreon works? Um, Just give them a little pitch. Yeah. If you want to get in the Ultimate IDP Index, which we're going to talk about, um, all you got to do is go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. And then you should sign up for the Black Ops tier, which is $13, which, fun fact, it's $13 because that's the number that Mike Evans wears because he wears 13 and he's the most underrated receiver in the world. And I think I'm the most underrated fantasy analyst in the world. So there's some meta (laughs) shit for you. That's why it's 13 bucks because we're paying homage to a true OG, Mike Evans. I hope he hears this someday. That would be awesome. But sign up for that, and then you will get access to the Ultimate IDP Index, which is tiered IDP rankings. It's player production profiles. Every single player has, uh, going back four years, their production profiles and IDP 1, 2, 3 scoring. Um, 
Um, most of the players have write-ups, have links to current news, tweets, information about them, write-ups from me. <clears throat> a lot of them have trade information in there. So guys that trades that have gone down in IDP one, two, three leagues, we will take a screenshot of that. We will add it to their profile. So you can look at this player. You can see what he's recently been traded for. Um, we also have, I have my, uh, dynasty trade values in there so you will get what their trade value is in picks so you can look at a player and say okay you know zach cunningham's worth a second so that gives you an idea of what his worth is in a conversion from offense to defense okay what kind of offensive players are worth seconds and then maybe that gives you that gives you a place to start your trade negotiations a team start looking to negotiate with if you're trying to move him or try to acquire him know what to offer um it's got contract information in it it's got all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's 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 the number one top resource in IDP fantasy football, in my opinion. It gets updated constantly. It's been updated like in the past 72 hours. It's probably been updated 25 times. I mean, I'm always putting new information in there. I don't even I can't even hardly keep track of who and what is getting it updated because I'm doing so much between moving them, changing values, adding stuff, graphics. I mean, it's it's just so so much. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Yeah, you've put a lot of work into this thing. Like, I remember when you sent me like the preview before it was like finalized and everything, and I was like, "Oh my god, (laughs) this is a ton of information!" And I don't even think people are gonna understand how much you've got in here until they see it for themselves. I use it. I mean, for me, it's literally like when they say, you know, build, you know, build something useful. I mean, it's like it's it's what I look at. I mean, literally, when I want to look up a player, I don't like go to Pro Football Reference. I like go to the index. And then I look at them there and then I can click into their reference page or I can click into their conference page. Like it is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's like, it's like a brain. I mean, just for IDP and there's, you don't have to kind of wade through the garbage. I mean, I've pretty much got the way I phrase it is I have the most relevant, you know, 150 most powerful, most relevant IDP fantasy football players. And that's, it's over 150 now. I think it's like 160. So, I mean, I'm constantly adding guys to it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's growing constantly. I will say this is the most impressive IDP ranking system I've ever seen. Every time you try to Google IDP rankings, you see like top five linebackers, top five safeties, top five defensive line. This has way too much information. I wouldn't say way too much. <laughs> the perfect amount of information. And it's laid out nicely. You got their draft pick estimate, their buy, sell, hold. And you've got tags for them, like what they do. Uh, I love some of these tags you got on some of these people. Like I like Joey Bosa right here. I can't say what it is, but it, it makes sense. I'm not, I'm not going to give out too much information because we can't just go down the list and give them all the information. Somebody write that down. Exactly. You know, Jeff, you know, Jeff Fisher would be listening and he'd be like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, so in, in, and on mobile, I don't know if you've looked at mobile, but I mean, if you look at the mobile version, like it's just such a smooth layout the way it is set up. Brian Burns's profile is set up really cool. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I built it because it's, it, it truly is a one-stop shop for everything you need fantasy. It's uh, something that IDP. was needed for sure in the community because yeah. everybody's got like, Oh, well, let me just give you the top five, but they don't really explain why. Yeah. And, and a lot of people just throw stuff together. Um, and it looks I mean, thrown together. I mean, honestly, anyone can pick five stars and put them in their order. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think or look at snap count or something. There's a couple here I want to ask you about, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say that this is it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good order. I mean, there's two or three I want to know why you have them so high or so low, but 
Ask uh, away. I'm ready. Well, yeah. let's go ahead and start right, Josh, let's, just, let's just get into it. Let's take the gloves off. We're, we're taking right. the kitty gloves off. I'm ready. Let's let's let Jordan explain himself on a couple. Josh, you can have the first one. All right. Number nine, Mr. Buddha Baker. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's great. But you got him at number nine over the likes of Chase Young, Joey Bosa, um, Eric, Eric. No, let's not get into that. Brian Burns. Patrick Queen. I know some of those guys are a little younger, and I'm going a little further down the list. I'm not trying to give anyone a perfect order. But why you got Buda Baker? He's your number two defensive back. He Okay, so they're set up in tiers, right? So, I mean, obviously that's the order I would like them in. But that those are all the guys. The tier is called Alpha Prime. Those are the guys that, I, that are just basically untouchables. I mean, those are guys that are rock solid on your team. You know you can trust them the production's going to be there and it's going to be high level. It's not just going to be like production. Like it's going to be what you want it to be. So he's in that tier and yeah, he's a spot or two ahead of Chase Young and Miles Garrett, but that that's a kind of twofold for me. One is I skew towards taking um, higher floor and high ceiling guys. And on the defensive line position, High floor and high ceiling are not often found together. It's pretty rare. So you're usually getting high ceiling, low floor. Um, so for me, because of the fact that Buda Baker and Jamal Adams represent a high floor and a high ceiling at the defensive back position, I I want to take Buda Baker over even a tier one defensive lineman, probably just in general. Uh, if I'm looking and building my team, I think that is the smarter play. Now, maybe I would stray away from that in certain drafts. If, you know, things were going a certain type of way, if I did land Jamal Adams, you know, maybe I do pass over Buddha if he's still around and Chase Young is there. But um, that's kind of why, if that makes sense. No, I, I completely understand. And not to mention, I mean, safeties are hard to come by or defensive backs in general. Um, you got people who, who get points, but don't, you know, they get a nine, 10 tackle game, but then the next game they got three and all of a sudden you're getting a, a you're putting up a four pointer instead of that 15 you had the week before. So I completely understand. Yep. All right. Well, my question is a little bit more rooted into, um, your alpha prime tier. Um, my question's about Zach Cunningham. Um, I, I feel like there's been whispers of him potentially being like, you know, they're going to give him the start. They're going to let him go out there, try to improve on his coverage, but they've brought in a lot of linebackers there to potentially compete with him. Um, are you nervous at all that he might get potentially benched throughout the season? Or are you just like, he's a beast. He's going to work through it. They're not going to bench him for one of these guys they've brought in. Um, the second one, he's a beast. Uh, you, he got, uh, what was it in 2020, August, 2020. So, I mean, that's last year, four year, $58 million contract extension. Um, he's going to play this year. 100%. Did they bring in a lot of linebackers? Yeah. But I mean, Houston's a fucking train wreck and they brought in a bunch of garbage. I mean, they brought in so many trash bags and a lot of them were linebackers. Um, so that's kind of that whole thing. As far as Cunningham himself, like I know people love to dunk on him because all he could do is tackle. But I mean, that's a a useful skill in the NFL. And you know, you still see the coverage linebackers falling in the draft 
for the guys who can stop the run, um, setting the edge. You know, these things still matter. And Zach Cunningham, yeah, he missed a lot of tackles this last year, but he also made a fuck ton of tackles. He led the league in tackles this last year, even missing a bunch. And the year before last, he had the second most tackles in the league. This year, under a new regime, and he's averages like 87% of snaps, he could get, without these idiot coaches around, he could just be that 100% linebacker like a Bobby Wagner. And if that happens with his kind of tackle rate, he's going to b- blow past 170 tackles this year in a 17-game you know, game season. So um, he okay. actually just moved up. He was in the elite alpha tier, the top of that tier, one below. I just moved him up into this tier um, earlier, I think three or four days ago. He was actually one of my – he's one of the – I move guys in and out of tiers sometimes. It's, it doesn't happen a lot, a lot, but big moves, but he did move into that top tier because – the floor is there, and it's so high that if he just gets one or two more big plays his way, I mean, he's going to be a top three guy. So, Okay. And maybe these reports will make people nervous. Maybe you can even get him a little cheaper because I think he's a beast as well. I think he can work through it. But I just saw there was like a little tidbit of a note about him, you know, I don't think he's going to get benched. I think that was the person's opinion from the note I read. I forgot who it was. I should probably credit them. That's on me. But – uh I think that he can work through it. I think he's a beast. You're right about the contract. And uh, I think, I don't know. I think you're right. Um, Josh, you got anybody else you want to? I want to actually piggyback on Zach Cunningham. Honestly, I think he, I think he's right where he belongs. Uh, I think that was a great spot to put him in right in that edge of that alpha prime tier, which is his best tier. And for those who don't play IDP, let's, let's go through some statistics. 164 tackles to lead the league last year. People are happy if they get 100 tackles. That is ungodly. And yeah, he's that smaller framed linebacker. He's more, he honestly plays more like a safety. So he's real coverage linebacker. So he's not going to get a lot of sacks, which is, I, I, I would say, disappointing. But when you get 164 tackles, that's pretty awesome. The year before, 142. The year before, 107. And I think that was his second year in the league. So, I mean, he, he's, he's looked great. And I think his numbers will improve. I mean, a few, a couple sacks here, basically averaging like two sacks a year. Um, but yeah, I agree with right where he's at. I think he's he's honestly kind of sneaky because he's not that big name, and most likely in a defensive league, someone's going to draft Bobby Wagner before him just because of namesake alone. Namesake for sure. Yeah. So um, I actually have a question, and I'm kind of glad Joe's not here for this one. But see, so I know you're not a big Bears fan uh, from the leagues that I'm in, and from what I've heard from you. But there's you no got, one on the Bears that has fantasy values. That that's fine. That's fine. I like the Bears. I I have a bunch of buddies who are Bears fans, so I'm like a, a and not to mention like the Eagles. You know, Andy Reid's coaching tree runs it. So, but I like where you got Roquan. You got him in the top five. Um, explain to me why. Uh, I don't even. I got to scroll down here a little bit even more. Where where is he? Um, huh, Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. I don't know what number that is, but he's you under. I don't have numbers next to them. They're just in tiers. Um, right. That's something no, no, no. I but... would I'm interested in maybe yeah. trying to get. What tier? He I think but he's, he's, two, he's an alpha tier. stud. So he's two is he an alpha down. stud? He's okay. an alpha stud, but he's under three finger Jason Pierre Paul and Emmanuel Ogba for Miami, who I actually have in a league, and I, I'm pretty happy with him. But I'm I'm interested to see why you put Mac that low under those two a lot of it just has to do with the fact that since he's moved, his ceiling's just lower than it used to be. And, you know, I mean, when he was with the Raiders, he was like a 14 and 14 sack, like 70 tackle guy, which is awesome. Um, That's like Daniel Hunter. But since he's been in, you know, Chicago, he's been a lot closer to like 
a 10 and, and 45 guy. And that's a lot closer to what Miles Garrett puts up. And before you're like, oh, Miles Garrett's amazing. That's like that's what Miles Garrett puts up every year. But Miles Garrett's like missing games. Like, so that just gives you an idea of kind of where he's at. So, I mean, for me, he could pop a little bit more. I mean, he's still got the ability to do that. He still forces a ton of fumbles. Uh, his impact plays are high, uh, 24 and 18, 18 and 19 and 21 this last year. So he was back up. Um, PFF seems to love him. So if you're a PFF head, then that's something you like to see. Snaps are intact. I mean, he he's good, you know, but the numbers, I mean, this is a numbers game. You know, this isn't a PFF grade game. We don't get points based on your PFF grade. We don't get points if you get double teamed or triple teamed. No one fucking cares. All we get right. points for is if you can finish the play. And Khalil Mack has been good he's he's still great but he you know jason pierre paul was like the number two defensive line player this last year you know cleo mack hasn't been close to that in a while so i mean that feels pretty easy to justify and then emmanuel ogba i just like his position with the with miami i think they're going to keep using him uh jalen phillips is going to help a little bit i think they're going to be some more offensive uh games where they're able to rush the passer a little bit more um with a little less um what's the right word a little more freedom i guess just to go all out um you know close games out and they're going to want to do that and i think that emmanuel agua is going to you know continue to be a serviceable guy you know now khalil mack probably represents a little bit more upside than him but you know these are you know, the index is pseudo, I guess the right word would be like pseudo dynasty perspective. So Cleo Mack is pushing past 30. Emmanuel Ogba is, I believe, only like 26, 27. So, you know, you're you're juggling a lot of variables when you are ranking guys like this. And that's kind of how it just ended up. I, I like how uh, you got next to JPP old man strength. Now that's now that's a tag if I ever seen one. But no, I I, I agree with you on the Mac thing. I he, he definitely has dipped since he made it to Chicago. That first year was really good, and then after that, it's been kind of lulling out. So I, I get you. I just I just wanted you to talk bad about the Bears, and you didn't. I'm actually shocked. <laughs> hey, All I right. have a lot of Justin Fields shares out there these days, so I might be a Bears fan this next year. Watch out. That's true. Um, okay, I've got one more, and I'm sure a lot of people um, are going to have this question when they're drafting. The Cowboys have a ton of fucking linebackers. So they have, uh, obviously, LVE. They have Jalen Smith, who you've got up here pretty high. They drafted Micah Parsons. They drafted, two rounds later, Gabriel Cox. And then they also have Keanu Neal in kind of that weird hybrid role between safety and linebacker as well. Um, does that make you nervous at all, or do you think it's going to shake itself out? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. And all the only thing that I truly believe is that um, Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons will be the majority snap getters. I think that the whole Keanu Neal thing, that just that's starting to look and feel like it's gonna fall apart somehow. Leighton Vanderesh to me seems like he's gonna be on the outs. Uh I don't think they even keep him around really. People talk like it's a they're gonna choosing between Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh, which I'm like, no, there's no choice. It's Jalen Smith. Like that's just like the bit of a talking point. Um if you listen to uh NFL pods right now. Um, and then 
Yeah, with Keanu Neal, I mean, he's not a linebacker. He's a safety. So we're playing him at weak side linebacker. Cool. Like, can we just stop being a fucking idiot, Dan Quinn, and, like, just play our players the right way? And, like, actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, do we have to always be doing something different or creative or whatever? Like, they, apparently they need safety help. That's what they've been saying forever. And then they go get this guy who's been gassed up as one of the best strong safeties in the league for, like, the last <laughs> fucking half a decade while he's been hurt. He plays a full season. Now he's a linebacker on the Cowboys. Like, I don't know what's going on here. So I am a Jalen Smith truther till the day I die. Micah Parsons has got the draft capital. Leighton Vanderesh is dust, in my opinion. And then I think what's going to – the best thing that could probably happen is if um, Keanu Neal goes back to playing safety, which I don't think is outside the realm of what will happen. Okay. I, I gotta say, and this, and I wouldn't, sli- I wouldn't disagree with you because Jalen Smith is the number one on that team, and I, Michael Parsons has a chance to take that from him. I almost see what I almost feel like they're gonna do, kind of what Arizona did last year, um, just kind of give uh, him a little, a little bit of slow roll. And I think Vanderesh will still have a role. I think they'll probably deal him by the trade deadline. Um, I think uh, Michael Parsons is gonna be great, and he's gonna be, it's gonna be him and Jalen for a little while. Uh, on both sides uh, of the ball and inside and outside. But I just, I, I could see them potentially doing kind of what they did with in Arizona and give a, give them a little bit of break, let them learn the, the um, learn the ropes before they sit there and just let them swim. Um, I think, I feel like Jordan Hicks kind of got, he, everyone thought after they drafted, uh, why am I, why is it, why is it spacing me on me? Right Zaven now? Collins. No, not Saban Collins. Last year, who did oh, Isaiah uh, Simmons? Isaiah Simmons. Okay, sorry, my bad. Um, I think I, they drafted Isaiah Simmons, and they were like athletic linebacker going to take Jordan Hicks slot. Jordan Hicks still out of the role. I think this year he's done, and they're already talking about trading him. But I think that's probably what's going to happen with Leighton Vander Esch. But I think it happens by the trade deadline once they see what Michael Parsons can do. He's a freak. I was wondering where he'd go. I'm a little upset he went made it to the Cowboys. Uh, I was kind of hoping the Eagles would do it, but. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I, th- I think it'll be good for all of them. I, I don't know why they're loading up on linebacker because they could have uh, addressed some other things. But in reality, on paper, the Cowboys are one, of the, one, if not the best football team in the NFL. But man, they don't know how to be coached. I mean, they got some some talent though. Like in reality, I, I hate there's, the Cowboys. Good, there's some studs out there. On, that CD Lamb pick last year was sick. I don't know why they did it. But obviously, it didn't work because Dak went down. Seems to be a trend with the Cowboys, and they're just like, "Why the f- did they make that pick? That doesn't make any sense." But, but I mean, they drafted C.D. Lamb and then Micah Parsons back to back years. I'm pretty fucking jealous of their team. Fair enough. All right, Josh, do you have any more you want to point out? Um, not necessarily specific rankings, but who is your uh, of the last really three uh, three years draft? drafted uh what who's your who's your kind of steal it could be from this year's draft it could be from last year's draft maybe the year before i know you love a couple people on here and uh, i know we've had trade talks for a specific person who i feel like might come up but who's that rookie that you're looking for that that isn't devin white and isn't you know the obvious pick like Who's that kind of sleeper? don't say rookie by the way because we're getting to rookies later so just say I, like I'm gonna say a rookie something it can be a rookie. I'm saying out of the last three years draft, like people who aren't the Micah Parsons and the Devin Whites and fair. I like Logan Wilson a lot. Um, 
The Bengals didn't do anything to address the linebacker position, which suggests that they have confidence in him. If you go look at what Logan Wilson did last year, 10 impact plays across only 343 defensive snaps. That's, I mean, that's an unsustainable rate, but that is, I said it the other day on a show, you know, talent's indicative of talent. You know what I mean? Like if you can do stuff, on the field, you know, of play, that's indicative of your ability to do it. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you won't have 10 every 340 snaps, but to come out on the in the NFL, you know, the highest level of competition and to show you have chops like that, um, that gives me confidence. And, again, the, the team didn't do anything to move, you know, get, get more help there. So only two missed tackles, uh, 33 combined tackles, but the 10 impact plays were huge. Uh, his passer rating when, when he was covered or – targeted was really low he only allowed 66.4 passer rating so i mean he's i think he's going to be the guy i think right now mike clay and his projections has um jermaine pratt as the uh, most snap getting linebacker and like the primary starter but not to like say mike clay doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because he's obviously does but i mean these stats and projections are exactly that they're projections so that's just something i look at i want to politely disagree with him and think that Logan uh, Wilson is actually going to be that primary guy there. But um, he has him as the second most snaps on the team linebacker. So if that means anything to you. And I always, and I really appreciate your response because that is not what I saw coming, but uh, honestly, I love having linebackers and safeties on bad defenses and that they, they get a lot of tackles. They get a lot of passes defended because they're always on the field, basically not saying that, Obviously, Cincinnati's going to score points, but that's really going to lead it up to even more uh, being on the field for him. So, you know, and it's, it's it's interesting because I'm looking at Mike Clay's projections right now of Logan Wilson. He's got him down for 1.7 sacks, which is crazy high for a middle linebacker, and he's got him down for half an interception, which is pretty high for a linebacker, especially when he's only got him playing 649 snaps. So, I mean, Mike Clay as well, based on what I'm seeing here, noticed that he is a playmaker because i mean for contrast um let's just go to a different team okay he's got micah parsons down for uh he's got jalen smith down for 1.6 sacks and 0.8 interceptions so like similar numbers to him but he's got jalen smith down for like 300 more snaps so he is in so he is a he's taking into account similar factors kind of like i said He's obviously he does like a, a medium projections. Right, his projections always air super on the side of caution, and he doesn't include any impact plays besides sacks and interceptions. So I can't really compare what I have my thoughts on anybody else. But well, thanks for the know. advice, Colonel. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Sonny right. boy. You keep working hard. We'll get you a horse and we'll get you a campfire that's your own. Mm-hmm. You won't have to go fight no more. You get some extra rations. You'll be All right, right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. And Jordan's going to continue to teach us some IDP. Learn us. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns. And quickly, I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players rookies or veteran for 2021 inside you're going to find contract information tiered idp rankings detailed player production profiles going back to 2017 suggested trade values 
and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly. So you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your Dynasty League at any given moment. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. Holy uh, shit. Oh my gosh, we were just talking about that. That's yeah. wild. Actually, before we it keep is. going, I'm gonna I want to hijack things for one second. Um, so I literally just updated the index while we were on commercial break there. So it's been updated. Alex Singleton has been moved up a tier. So I don't usually move guys up a tier. I've been meaning to move Singleton up a tier. He did go up a tier. From um, what to so- what? I don't want you go in there and find out. Go look no, around. Wanna, well, Good why, point. Why, why Good tease. We're going to talk about my team. Well, because right he was just know. too low. He was just too low. I mean, I just I had him in a spot where it was more of like a flex. Like, and I have the I kind of name the tiers based on like kind of how I view them. So I had him in the flex in a in a tier that I consider more of a flex worthy play. Um, gotcha. I moved him up a tier because I think he's going to be an every week start this year. So he went into a tier where you're going to see a lot of guys that you're going to be starting probably every week. So that's what I did. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, yeah, get on the Patreon. We've have almost we have like 49 people signed up for Patreon, almost to 50, which is awesome. That means a lot to me. It validates a lot of the work that we've been doing for a long time. So, you know, appreciate everybody who's over there already and get in there. Um, and I want to drop a little bit of news because I did. I was literally on the phone with the guys at Sleeper this afternoon because they did the idp designation shit shuffle today and the whole idp world was like fuck sleeper ah! freudian slip in there by the way yeah because that's how they are so uh but uh things are trending the right way just you know de- papa's got you guys okay we're gonna get things sorted out idp army i'm here for you we're, we're getting shit done on the reels. We're making a difference. So I was going to ask you, what does it feel like to have a bat phone to sleeper whenever something goes on? You're just like, well, got to call them up. Give them ring a ding ding. It's like those great power comes great responsibility things. Like I have, <laughs> I have access to more people and things than I probably should, but I, that's because I'm very delicate with them. I'm not, I might be really fucking abrasive on my timeline and when I'm talking to people, but like I have a little bit of a finesse game. So you're saying that's your charm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's part of the character. Exactly. That's your, that's your character online. A different guy in the boardroom. Yeah. Exactly. But all right. So let's get back to our next topic. Um, we're going to talk about the top five, top whatever, how many ever people you want to talk about. Um, stars that people should stay away from this season. Like, you know, people that they're going to think, okay, I see that name. I like that name. I've heard them talk about on ESPN and they're big names. So I know they're going to do really well this season. So just give us a few names that you think people should stay away from. All right. Well, you're baiting me right now. Cause you want me to bash 
Fred Warner, which I do frequently. But the reality is all of Fred Warner's transgressions are in the past. And Robert Sala, his defensive coordinator, is also a thing of the past. So there's a world where Fred Warner just ends up, you know, being a meathead this year and actually racking up some tackles and doing what people think he does. So Hedging I bets still, is what you're doing I, here. I'm, I mean, I've talked trash on him in the past, and that <laughs> I've talked about the past. But projecting forward, he's 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 almost in that elite alpha tier. Like he's 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 up there, and that's because I have a lot of faith in a lot of other guys. Yes, and I do understand what he's done in the past. True, but it's a new situation now, um, and you have to you know you have to. I have bias, but I have to try to acknowledge that bias and by acknowledging that bias i'm able to hopefully push through it in some way so he's ranked pretty high and i don't i don't want to bash him so you were trying to set me up to do that can so, we just admit that you're upset that you traded him to me or i traded him it. to you i am that's it yeah because i gave you uh kendricks you did. kendricks who was much who's been much better since i traded that was like two years ago so yeah that's 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 part of it yeah <laughs> but the other thing is, like, I know what Fred Warner actually does because I have him on a lot of teams. So I don't understand these people are like, oh, he's so good for IDP. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, I have him. Like, he goes in my flex spot. And when I'm thinking about benching somebody, he's like the first guy that comes up. And it's just like, man, eh, maybe you don't have to play Fred this week. So I know how it feels because I really do it. So, um, so go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, so this is, this is more news for those uh, high IDP uh, people who've been playing for a long time. Uh, I just wanted to give a little news of what not to do when you're just starting out in IDP, especially if you're doing a draft. Do not draft the Marshawn Lattimore's, the um, the big name people, especially Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, big name quarterbacks. Even if they are the best cornerback, they are not the best defensive back. Get safeties, go for stats, do not go for names. I mean, even J.J. Watt right now, I guarantee if, if you started a league, JJ Watts getting drafted in that like first, second round. And it's just, he's, he's great. He's, he's been a great football player. He's going to be on limited snap counts, great cornerbacks, especially those guys are not getting thrown the ball. Like they're not, they don't have the opportunity to break up the ball. Good and real full football, bad and fantasy. Yeah. Just don't, don't take the, don't, don't bite on names. Look at some rankings by this, by the ultimate IDP index. That'll actually give you, I will say these rankings are pretty legit. There's a couple people I'd argue with. One especially that uh, I'll, I'll bring up here in a second. But well, go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, tell no, us a few good. people we should stay away from. Of well, I mean, it, it's hard to say guys you don't like because, I mean, you know, you're obviously trying to sell everybody this time of year. You want to gas people up. But big names that I'm staying away from. Okay, here's one that I can easily get behind. Uh, Chris Jones. Now, this is my, my Chiefs, my defensive tackle. But his production has just – gone down 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 the past three years um since 2018 that year uh 2018 was his really big year he had 15 and a half sacks he had 20 tackles for loss um just since then he's only had just for instance in two seasons he's had uh uh, 11 tackles for loss so just kind of so just without even going into all of it just like he's he's not put up the same kind of production and what he was known for was being a behind the line of scrimmage guy and a major disruptor behind the line of scrimmage he still gets a lot of quarterback hits he still gets a lot of pressures but the year when everything fell right for him which is also that big aaron donald year when he had like 20 sacks um a lot of things seemed to go right for defensive tackle that year but chris jones since then has just not been the same player um so he's a guy that i'm avoiding 
um, trying to sell in leagues. Still only 26. So, I mean, there's a case to buy the dip here, but as someone who's already had him and I did invest in him previously, I'm trying to kind of move away from him. Um, he, the, the pressures and I mean, the stuff that good defensive tackles do are still there. It's just the stats are, are just not there for him. And what I mean by that is he's still getting, even he still is getting a, a decent number of, of sacks, seven and a half and nine the last two years. But his tackle floor is very low, 36, 36, 40 in that big year, then 32, 28. That's just such a low floor, especially for a defensive lineman, um, a guy that you're going to be playing as a, in a DL spot on sleeper. Um there's just better options out there. And he's a big name. He's one of the highest paid defensive tackles in the league. He's on the Chiefs. You know, he's got the sound bite. We're going to go back to back. It's a dynasty. Stone cold. I mean, he's got a bit. He's got everything. He's got everything going for him, except his IDP production has fallen off. And, you know, Frank Clark is, I mean, there's nobody on that line doing anybody favors. Um, he pretty much, I mean, I don't blame him. I think it honestly is his help. We can get Frank Clark out of there. They were better when Justin Houston was around, in my opinion. Emmanuel Ogbo was there for a while. He was doing some good stuff. They sent him off to Miami. So we need to get we need to get Chris Jones some help. But until he gets some guys around there that can actually, you know, take some of the pressure off him, I don't think his stats are gonna go the right direction. Okay. Fair enough. So well, what is your beef with Aaron Donald? I gotta know. Well, I, I, Billy said not to it's say simple. anything. It's simple. It's simple. It's just bias. It's just industry, NFL, media, brand equity bias. The fact of the matter is, he had like his second worst statistical season of his career this last year, and he was handed, as he is generally every year, the Defensive Player of the Year. Even though we had a guy go for twenty interceptions this year on a team that. I mean, he helped them win multiple games. Aaron Donald didn't help the Rams win multiple games this year. You go to TJ Watt. He actually led the league in sacks. For an Aaron Donald year, I think he had like the eighth most tackles for loss. Every other year he's won the award, he's led the league in tackles for loss. He was in like eighth this year. It was it was a subpar Aaron Donald year, and they still gave it to him, and that's what pissed me off. I don't dislike Aaron Donald. But the, it's like they gave Rodgers the MVP this year. I think he played, like, what, four over 500 teams? Five? He only beat, like, one of them? I mean, straight up, they should have given it to Josh Allen. But what happened, it's all, you know, the NFL media cycle, if you just watch it. I mean, it's if Kyler hadn't have thrown that crazy throw to DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Allen is the NFL MVP, 100%. But because that happened at such a pivotal point in the season, like week five, six, when everything was still kind of crescendoing, he lost just enough steam. And that was also the week that Aaron Rodgers like lost to Brady. And then after that, Rodgers just like got every easy game. And it's just like shit like that bothers me because in a vacuum, these guys aren't – he didn't deserve the award. That's my opinion. All right. I, I do completely agree. Uh, and I just – and that's my thing. I look at – the NFL and, and fantasy football and all this stuff, like it, there's quantitative and there's qualitative analysis. And we live in a world where everybody wants quantitative. They want numbers. They want a shield, a paper shield that says, this says that 75% of the time I would have been right. But guess what? You were fucking wrong this time, but that's what they want. They want that. And, you know, when you can look past that stuff and look around, there are other variables you can't put into a spreadsheet that can't be put against a DVOA, that can't be given a grade. That's decision-making. That's player skill and ability. That's outside factors like motivation, those kinds of things. And when you read between the lines and you look at other, uh, you know, 
things, quantitative, qualitative, like the fact that 25% of Aaron Donald's sacks this season came against uh, Alex Smith in half a game when he came off, you know, the injury, he wasn't expecting to play. They throw him out there and Aaron Donald gets four sacks, four easy sacks in like a half. He had 12 sacks this season or 13. He wouldn't even had double digit sacks probably if Alex Smith doesn't go into that game. But there's just, it's just contextual stuff like that that nobody talks about and quant qualitative stuff that can't be put into a, a spreadsheet when you put a name instead of a number in things like that. That's, I don't know. And when, when I do that, Aaron Donald just he he wasn't defensive player of the year this year, in my opinion. I completely agree. I think both of those guys have athleticity, um, as I've said in the past, and that needs to be on a t-shirt. But no, I agree. TJ Watt should have won that. And I also love the shield reference because the NFL logo is literally a shield, which is actually just phenomenal. Do the teams that run their offenses and defense and front offices completely analytically win constantly? Do they win at a higher clip? Yeah. But do they win at all? Not even close. No, the Eagles won in 2018. <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's still there. There are there are variables that you have to look at and you have to take a stand on without necessarily having something to stand on. That makes sense. I will, I will say you don't have him too low. I mean, especially if it's just a D-line slot. If there's a deep tackle slot, he's arguably in that number one slot. We we have a our D league. We have a defensive tackle slot, and he goes top three, top four, just because he's really yeah. the only defensive tackle who can put up numbers of a D line. So, no fair points. I, I can't even be mad at you, Aaron Donald, the goat. He really is the goat for a defensive tackle. I mean, he's not a defensive tackle is the thing. He's a defensive people, end that plays. People argue tackle. that Aaron Donald's going to end up being like the best defender of all time. Like I've seen that argument multiple. I know times. it doesn't I'm even like, hold water, and I'm like, it doesn't hold water. No. He's not even the best defender in the league right now. I mean, for real. But I mean, but the thing is, the narrative is so out of hand. And here's the thing, too: you can't question it. Or you don't know anything about football because it's the exactly. defensive tackle position. He's getting triple teed the whole game, so yeah, he, the whole can't, he can't do what he would do. Saying that you disagree is like admitting you don't understand football. And I mean, I don't. I mean, and that's just where we're at right now. It's just in whatever you know. I mean, put put Chase Young in a defensive tackle slot. He's going to get some sacks. He's going to get the almost the same amount of sacks. I think Aaron Donald just does it up the middle. It's he's a defensive end. The fact that he is a defensive tackle doesn't actually mean anything because he's he is a defensive end. He is a monster, I will say. He is a beast, but he is not a defensive tackle. It's good. He's just, you know, a little overhyped. He's a he's a top five player in the NFL for for defense. I mean he plays I, on a big market team too. So many and again again, let's talk about the fucking um I can't fucking the Rams leaving St. Louis. Exactly. He goes from St. Louis to LA, the biggest market for sports, the biggest market for anything. And that's his fucking year that he pops off. So there's so many crescendoing things that happened. And everybody, and that was when Jared Goff was good too, remember? And Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate. Like there were so many things that went right. And the thing is, he did do really good. And people have just held on to that. So now they think every year he just does that. And, you know, PFF grades him high. And again, I, I hate, I don't want to sound like, you know, I mean, he's an incredible player. But for IDP purposes and just in the NFL overall, I think he's a little bit – he's riding on the laurels of something that happened three or four years ago, and a lot of factors are part of what ended up crowning him what he is now, besides what he actually put in the box score. 
I mean, J.J. Watt, I mean, J.J. Watt could retire today and Aaron Donald would never catch up to him and some stuff. Jordan, I completely understand, man. He is your Kyle Pitts. I get it. I get it. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, man, Josh gets a week off from a rant. I like this. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That's not. It's still happening. We, we need one rant every week. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we have one last topic to talk about as far as IDP goes. Um, Jordan, briefly, can you just give us, you know, three or four rookies that you need on your team? Like you need to maybe even think about trading some picks for them. Maybe like just trying to acquire them. Who would they be in this class? There's nobody that I'm really like tripping over myself to get, because I feel like that top tier linebackers is kind of big. Um, I mean, it's Parsons Davis, Micah Parsons, Jamin Davis, or Javon Davis. Yep. And then it's Zayvon Collins. And then, yeah, the Joker. So there's four guys right there, plus Nick Bolton. And I feel like he's the end of the tier, but all those guys I feel like are set up to play meaningful snaps this year. And I could see half or more of them playing 800-plus snaps, which is going to be like an every-week starter for you. So um, I don't really – have a certain guy that I'm more interested in. Maybe, maybe it's Davis because Washington football team is surging. Got a lot of playmakers around him. Um, maybe we it's were Davis. discussing a uh, D lineman. Is there anybody that excites you for maybe not this year, yes. but like in the future, like, like is there anybody that gets your attention out of people that were drafted? I know you're not talking to me, but yes. Um, no. So I do want to say Mike Bolton, or Mike, Nick. Michael, 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 Bolton. Michael Bolton. <laughs> what is up with you when you do these things. names Dude, like this? I do. I do a great job on accident, but no, uh, Nick Bolton screams Willie gay all over, all over again. I just don't think the chiefs are built to have a good linebacker. I just think that they're going to always score so many points that they're not going to have that opportunity to get those, those running tackles or, uh, running back tackles. I should say, uh, I think it's just, they score so many points that their, their safeties are going to be the, the point scorers there. But I just want to talk about my defensive lineman of the year, and it's mainly because of opportunity. And I, I think Rousseau and some of these other guys are going to be good in the long run, but they have competition immediately. The one who has no competition is Quiddy Pay for Indianapolis. They have great linebackers. They have a couple defensive tackles. Their defensive line, he is going to immediately start. I don't think he's going to be flashy. I think he's going to be right in that three-finger JPP range. I don't think he's going to be like the best person ever, but I think I he, I can see him getting 10, 10 sacks. I, I mean, high. you're high on drugs. this season. You're high I'm on saying drugs. I can see in that is future, that is like, that is a yes in, in the future in a, a good ceiling for him. He could eventually, I guess. eventually there will be a, a season where he can do. This. I just Not think that year. he's going to get the opportunity immediately, and I, I I see him as a six seven tackle or a six seven sack guy right off the bat. Just because of opportunity and Darius Leonard is going to scare him enough to where they got to guard him. Opportunity being yeah. the operative word there. That is I uh, I like Rousseau with the Bills, but that's just because I'm a Bills guy right now. So yeah, I'm uh, I want to I want one of them to hit, and when one of them does hit, I want him on my team. So I'm in on Rousseau. He got all he was the hotness before Phillips was the hotness. Okay. So, all I right. Just, well, I just think Rousseau, Rousseau and uh, Phillips just don't have that immediate opportunity. I think Phillips is probably, I mean, that's that's my number one. Rousseau's definitely a close two. 
Um, but yeah, no, I just, I think Quiddy Pay just gets the opportunity first is what it comes down to, unless there's an injury. No, you're right. I mean, Roussel is part of a, a, a pretty dense group of edge rushers, veterans and young guys. And Quiddy Pay is pretty much, like you said, set up to just go out there and play week one next to DeForest Buckner. So that's always a, a good situation to go into. Ask, uh, ask as, far uh, as, as far as the DBs go, is there anybody that, isn't a dart throw at this point, like Richie Grant. I mean, he's like the only guy that I feel. I mean, you know, pretty much that Richie Grant is going to be playing, um, for Atlanta because they got rid of th- their three safeties. I mean, they don't have right. these. They got rid of all of them, and they've <laughs> yeah. all scored points too. Like when Neil Neil was yeah. great, obviously before he got injured, and then every, once Neil got injured, all the safeties he filled in. KZ had yeah. a huge year that year. Yeah, two um, years ago. Yeah. Dwight Howard is on. I, I actually need to watch the Sixers game because uh, that's my that's my squad I right there. He was on the Lakers. No, he's been no. on the Sixers all year, man. It's he's actually played pretty well as a bench player. What they yeah. traded him out with Andre Drummond, but Drummond's not as good as Dwight Howard. Right. For those listening, the Sixers game is on for us right now. It won't be on for you. Yeah, sorry. I just <laughs> yeah. out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, what am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just have one more topic that we could quickly talk about, and that is the situation in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I just, I just need to lay it out for you, and then we, you all can go take it from there. So I'm not sure what Atlanta is doing right now. They signed Matt Ryan to an extension, correct? They want to trade Julio Jones for the future. They had the number four pick in the draft, chose to take a tight end, which would make you think that they were good enough to want to compete this year. They get rid of Keanu Neal, which they need help with on defense. And they sign a running back in Mike Davis and don't add anyone else that people aren't sure is going to be a full-time guy if that's going to be a committee what is atlanta's plan like are they going for the future or are they trying to win right now i don't understand it um jordan do you do you have any opinions on this as far as what they're doing for now or for the future uh i have no idea people seem to be very optimistic like they're giving me uh, the Falcons right now are giving me big 2020 Eagles vibes where everyone's in and it's going to be so good. And Arthur Smith and Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts is going to Kyle Pitts is going to shatter every record for a rookie tight end ever. And Matt Ryan is so good. And I'm just like, no, like false, all false. Like this team was good last year in your mind for fantasy because they were fucking playing for their fucking lives every week. Like, their defense is still garbage. They have no pass rush. I mean, Dante Fowler is there, but he's, I mean, like, ugh. their linebackers are, I mean, they're they're good, but they're not game changers. Um, they don't have a game changer at basically any position on that team except wide receiver. And now tight end in theory. Um, and that's not that enough. To, and that's not enough to get it done in this today's NFL. So I... I hate that you refer- reference the Eagles, but you're absolutely right. So they they come in. Matt Ryan is 33. I don't even know how old he is. 32 years old, and he you have the chance to take Justin Fields, the man of the future, 
and you grab and this is why i hate the kyle pitts pick so much it's not that he's bad i don't hate kyle pitts i think he has the chance to be something but you take a tight end at number four if you miss you miss so hard and they're going to be just like the Trubisky rants and the, oh, you could have had Deshaun Watson, you could have had Mahomes. Uh, I mean, look at Justin Fields, Mac Jones, some of those guys going behind him. I just think quarterback was the play there. I get what they're doing. You're getting rid of Julio, though. Julio puts up 1,000-yard game seasons. Kyle Pitts will not put up 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, maybe he puts up one. Maybe he puts up two in his entire career. You don't know. And that he could do nothing. He could be washed up like – uh, some of the other wide or high high drafted tight ends. Eric Ebron had one good season on Indianapolis. I mean, he had a couple good years, but he had one great season. Hawkinson had a pretty good season last year at number four or five tight end. But at the same time, I just don't see it at number four there. That's why I don't like it. I have nothing against Kyle Pitts. I'm actually open for the best for him. I'll probably end up drafting him just because of how much I've talked shit on him. But Hey, before before you go, Jordan, I just want to say thank you for coming. Uh, your uh, your references and um, honestly, just insight on all this is great. I really appreciate it. Yes, the king needs to leave us for now. The general needs mm, to leave I like for king. now. L- I Lieutenant, like king. Lieutenant, I'll see you later. Big yes, fan of king. We, we'll keep workshopping it. Saluting you out, my friend. Um, all right, goodbye. Just call me king. All right. For sure. It was good talking to you. (laughs) Hey, appreciate it, guys. Keep up the good work. I listen to the show while I'm at work, which is always entertaining. Uh, You guys are doing a great job, so let's keep kicking ass. Let's go, IDP Army. Let's go. Have us on your show. Bye. All right, well, see you guys. (laughs) Nice little plug there. All right, I'm done with the Kyle Pitts rant. My logic on on the Falcons is I like Mike Davis. He looks athletic, but he's not a starting running back. Calvin Ridley's been great, but he's had Julio there his entire career. Kyle Pitts could be great, but we don't know that yet. And Matt Ryan is getting older. So, I mean, really, you're just running out of – your offense was your best part, and you're losing that. with So, so big picture here, though, they could have traded Matt Ryan, right, to San Francisco. It seemed like Kyle Shanahan wanted Matt Ryan. They could have traded him. They chose not to. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out – whether I, they're I, trying to play for now, like if you're trading Julio, you're not playing for right now. Like you're getting you're one. They're one the first rounder back for him. What they I could mean, have done was trade Matt Ryan for Garoppolo and a bunch of shit. Basically, that way they want to draft Trey Lance. They go Kyle Pitts. They go with something offensive line or something for that is San Francisco. And then you still got that fourth pick. Whether you want to grab Kyle Pitts there or you want to grab Fields there, and you got Fields Garoppolo combo. I mean, honestly, I'd be a lot happier with San Francisco's quarterback room than Atlanta's right now. You got Trey Lance and Garoppolo. You got two options. I honestly, I think this, with all the talent that's been coming out these last few years, that I, I think it's almost impactful to have two starting quarterbacks on your team. I mean, I know the Eagles aren't weren't weren't the shit, and I mean, we had our we had our year. But if it weren't for Nick Foles, had we had Chase Daniel. Uh, Vince Young, some of the crappy backups we had in the past. Uh, I mean, there's been some real bad backups on teams, and there still is. And you have that backup quarterback who is at least relatively quarterback caliber or NFL caliber. You you, you lose out. And right now, Matt Ryan goes down. The Falcons are a first-round pick next year, which I guess would work out because then you can get your boy Patrick Mahomes. I think they are right on the line of if anything goes wrong for that team, they're going to have to pick high in the next draft. And I don't really know why they extended Matt Ryan. If that was the 
you know, the path they wanted to lead down, I, I guess. I don't know. Who, what do you think, just quickly, what do you think is the best trade for Julio? If you had, if you right now had to make the trade, what would uh, you want back in the package? I, I, they, they're saying they wanted a first round pick. Um, and I just, I just want to say real quick though, before we, we get into that, I love that Julio was on live television and said, nah, I'm out of here. And he, he didn't did. know it just came out room or he was, he did not know he was on live television, which is honestly, phenomenal. but he didn't care. I have, a, I, I have don't think he did, either. but I, I think a second round pick and a valid defensive player. Cause the Atlanta Falcons do not have that. Um, and I mean, really they do have the offensive firepower. If they could get a, stud corner linebacker defensive line like jordan said there's holes all over that defense i mean just get one person at least be able to build for the future maybe a second rounder to About draft kill more one. in a second i think it's probably going to be the patriots sadly um there's been a lot of rumors floating around uh do you like how d hops trying to recruit him could you imagine yeah. hopkins julio and green all on the same team dude aj brown put out this tiktok today it was basically begging him to come there like he was just like putting all these different pieces like things out about why he should come there which tennessee say, desperately needs that he did say titans and patriots were his two that he wanted to go to which i get it those are teams i just that- don't know what titans would trade i mean i guess well you know now that now that we're a little bit conspiracy corner the Titans do have, or Atlanta does have Titans old coach. So there is a little line of communication there, familiarity in the building and all that. So might be a little bit, you know, more inclined to make a trade and the coach knows the players on the Titans. So not going to lie. That actually is, I'm thinking about it. I know it makes a little bit more sense than I, you're right. Though, and those familiarities do help. Cause I mean, the Eagles make trades with the bears a lot because they have that kind of Andy Reed coaching tree. Uh, Belichick makes trades with the Cleveland Browns. Cause he's obviously had ties there. I think honestly, I don't think you can rule it out right now. I think the Eagles are a high candidate on it. And I think that we are the type of people that That's would try to pull that. Trigger. I don't, I don't want them to personally, because I don't either. A lot of money it's and we're already in of everything. We're in the hole. We give we give a first round pick too. Is the thing it'd be or it'd probably be that Carson Wentz pick that one that's either a second or a first. That's probably what we would end up trading. I just want the Eagles to do like what Arizona did, where like oh, there's a D hop out there available for trade. Let's just snipe him. I would rather them do something like that than. Hopkins was 25 at the time, which he felt like so much older because he came in so young, but. Julio's what 30? He's got exactly which is why I'm saying that they can't do Julio. They should wait and see if there's somebody else that's unhappy. We don't snag we don't snag the best running back or the best wide receiver. We don't snag the best free agent in general, but the best wide receiver and free agency, we always let sit through our fingers. I would have liked to see Galladay signed there. That would have been sick. There was a rumor. I I think you even visited. We're always no no, we're always rumored to wide receivers because we haven't had one since TO really. I mean, yeah, they just won't do it. I don't understand why. Yeah, that's uh, that's the whole thing. But I think I think Tennessee would be sick. That would actually help AJ Brown stock, whether people think that or not. But I think AJ, I'm a little worried about AJ Brown this year without Corey Davis. I know he wasn't, you know, huge name, but he did have a great year alongside AJ Brown and drew some of the slack off, especially Johnny as well. So Julio and AJ running on opposite sides of the field could be scary. The Patriots, obviously, I know they're making fun of Cam not being able to throw. But I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure Cam could find a six-six guy who's going to win the jump ball. Exactly. Well, I just wanted to bring this up because by the time we record the next podcast, which should be – man, I am not good at math. 
should be June 2nd. Um, June 1st is kind of the cut date for all this stuff where the cap starts to um, not matter as much. So, you know, the trade will probably happen around then. So I just wanted to get a few, you know, we probably will have more clarity by the time we get to this next podcast. Next who's, week. Your, and who's your pick for the team? Who do, where do you think Julio is going to go? I'll go, I'll go one. You go one. I, I think it's the Patriots. I, I it makes sense for it. I don't know if it does make sense for them because I don't think they're a wide receiver away from being good. I think they're a quarterback away and we don't know if Mac Jones is good enough or not yet, but I think they have the capital. They have, they have the, the trade can like the trade pieces already ready to go. I, I don't see why they wouldn't just, I agree. I agree, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick someone else just to throw it differently. Okay. Go, I'll, I'll go with the Titans. I think AJ Brown is successful in recruiting him. He gives him his number, number 11. He even said that he would give him his number if he came. And Do you think I they think- would trade the first for him? Uh, I think they pretty much have to because they don't. They can't really give away any of their. Well, they could. You know what they could do? They could give uh, Jay and Brown uh, or uh, their other linebacker. They got two linebackers there, both expiring contracts. Yeah. So I mean, in reality, and they're both good good linebackers too. So I mean, in reality, that could be it. But uh, I'll, I'll go Titans just for uh, the the lack of or the yeah the lack of choices really. Okay. Well, if Joe was here, he'd probably say the Bears. Anywho, let's get on to our closing thoughts. Um, I, I've got a doozy for mine, so if you would like to go first, that's fine, or I can go. Uh, I actually I have nothing on my mind, but I'm sure I'll have something by the end of it. So go, you go ahead first. Okay, I have got a fun, fun story. All right, so I'm going to the crime beat this week. Um, we're out of Barcelona, Spain. There was a man found dead in the leg of a Stegosaurus Rex, or Stegosaurus at a movie theater in Barcelona, Spain. The police do not suspect foul play. They say that the man was trying to retrieve his cell phone, which had somehow fallen in there, and he fell in too. And they just say he stayed in there. He just stayed in the leg of this stegosaurus. I'm here to suggest to the the police officers, this is a crime. There is something that's gone wrong here. And I just, I read the story and I have to give my thought of there is a murder that took place and they placed him in a dinosaur. And I think that that was a clever place to put someone because you would never think inside of a dinosaur at a movie theater that there would be a dead body in it. Well, let's say hypothetically he fell in. You know what I mean? He was with someone like at least failure to commit or failure to re- failure to report at that point, because there's no way this man dropped his cell phone inside of a dinosaur and then dove in there probably some mob shit honestly let's be real i think that's definitely some mob boss stuff i don't know how much uh mob stuff they got going on in spain but i imagine there's probably some sort of spanish mob it's suspicious to say the least and just the fact that the police are so quickly like yep he went into the stegosaurus and fell in and nobody heard him and (laughs) that was just the end of it apparently the, the reason he was found was that um passerbys like a smelled something and B saw a leg through the crack of the dinosaur. And that's how he ended up being found. But I'm just saying what a brilliant place to leave someone because I would never ever in a million years think that there would be a man dead in a stegosaurus at a movie theater. It's just I, not one of those things I would ever think. I love how the immediate reaction was accidental for sure. Definitely oh, yeah. an accident. He's going in after the cell phone. Yep, We see the cell phone there. We see him. Yep, that's exactly what happened here. Mm. 
That uh, is wild, man. Well, you topped mine no matter what. And I didn't even have one. So even if I had a good one, I would have been screwed. But I'll, I'm going to I'm going to start off with because I've seen a lot of reports and I, I want to start this off with I am biased. I'm an Eagles fan. Do not believe the lack of hype that they're giving the Eagles right now. Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts. That is going to be an awesome. If you're if you're in dynasty drafts and you're in that middle round, grab Devonta Smith. I think that's the spot to grab him. I think he's going to be great. I don't know what else they're going to add in this offseason. I also believe that Jalen Hurts will be a top 15 quarterback. I will not say top 10. I don't believe that. But as of right now, they have him as the 31st quarterback, and Drew Locke is before him. I think Jalen Hurts makes for a sleeper stash quarterback as your backup because you can go out there and grab yourself. Uh, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, you could grab early and then grab a, you could grab yourself Patrick Mahomes and then grab Jalen Hurts to back him up and you might be able to flip Jalen Hurts or have can one I, of your best. Can I stick up for your Eagles for just a second? I just, there's been a lot of hate lately. So, no, I'll stick up for him. So Hurts was drafted last season. He drafted into a pandemic where you couldn't even go to the facility the entire offseason. You had to read the fucking playbook and zoom into meetings for the entire season or for entire offseason. He did not get to practice with the ones, even when they did get back to practice, because Carson Wentz got to. And they, you know, he came in through half the season and they just expected him to be the best quarterback of all time. Like, I don't understand. Like, what did you, what did they expect from a second rounder that didn't get to practice and got into a pandemic and didn't get to actually play with the ones in an offseason? This is his first real offseason. We like, also had four of our top six offensive linemen injured throughout the year. Yeah, and he played well. I mean, he didn't play like he didn't. He play boosted amazing. Miles he Sanders it. immediately. Miles he Sanders' did as stock was good gone. As he could. Yeah, he, I, he did well. He went toe to toe with Kyler Murray. That was an epic game when they played that was the Cardinals. A yeah, and honestly, that gave me some hope. He went toe to toe. Kyler Murray is number one pick overall. Jalen Hurts, second rounder, had all these other factors going against him, and I think yeah, people have writ- like written him off because I don't I don't even know why like. Because He's he been, didn't win all of the games, he won. He played four games and he didn't win all of them, and he didn't because didn't get three hundred yards coach every game. Tanked the end of the season and didn't allow him to play in the final game, like because they wanted to. I have fun over with the that. Giant. We ended up getting Devonta Smith for that. Well, I know, but you, like you, you did that to him. Like their coach did that to him. Well, I met. I don't know if it was the coach. Could have been the GM. I don't know, but like that you did that to him. Like don't don't try to like you know don't people shouldn't be judging him so harshly because he has not gotten a fair shake it, that, I, that's saying it lightly i completely agree we had no wide receivers we had no offensive line miles sanders was non-existent because of that so we had no run game jalen hurts immediately boosted the offense like you said he didn't have a chance to go out there and play with any of these people he just walked out there we were already on this i mean honestly he probably had a better chance because we were playing with backup offensive linemen backup wide receivers so i i just want to give him i want to give him a shot I wasn't really necessarily happy when we drafted him. I thought that was like, hey, that could have been defense or that could have been offensive line or we could have we could have addressed some other things. But in in hindsight, I'm I'm liking it. I think the Eagles honestly run really well with a mobile quarterback. We saw Donovan McNabb for ten plus year, ten years or so, and then Michael Vick for those three or four years that we had him. So I think that it's going to be a different offense this year. I'm not saying Robert will win the division. I think the Cowboys are the better team and have been, but we somehow still end up doing better than them we we lose to them but for some reason the cowboys lose really easy games so yeah what happened to travis Fogle, by the way uh i think he's he's still on the team he's just uh he's underwritten so well, he, was like a, he was like a flash like he like was hot there for a little while and then he like kind of 
Yeah, so four games, and I actually traded for him, and I am happy about it still because there isn't okay. anyone on that outside on the other side of Freeman or uh, Devonta Smith. I said Freeman. Uh, Devonta Smith, Rager's playing the slot they just announced, and Travis Fulgham's on the outside right now. There's no one to take that spot unless we trade for Julio. I think Fulgham was not just a flash. I think we don't know how to play football, and we stopped throwing to him. Wentz had a weird year all around i mean we just stopped throwing him the ball and he didn't have a chance anymore alshon jeffrey came back basically took over his role again even though fulgham was obviously the better receiver at the time i loved alshon jeffrey but man that was bad that was a bad choice right there so i think fulgham honestly more dynasty but if you can get him in dynasty right now trade for him maybe probably real cheap you could probably throw a third or fourth rounder at him get him for cheap unless there's someone who's an eagles fan and listen to me yeah okay well let's wrap this puppy up Follow at the IDP Army on Twitter. Follow at Offensive Points on Twitter. Follow the show on whatever streaming platform that you're listening on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever whichever one that you are listening to our beautiful voices on. We are getting more listens every week, and we could not be more effing excited about it. Um, we we're going to have... Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. We're at... We no, were at- 250 last week the week before we were at 200 and that was just within the week we're not looking at everything uh we're shooting for 300 this week so uh if you like anything that we said send it to your friend be like hey man play some idp sure plus we have the king on so hopefully that boosts our ratings the the lieutenant the colonel the chief petty officer he was pretty petty at the beginning there he definitely was all right well next week we are gonna start our division previews it's already time to start the division previews and we're starting with the AFC North, which might have a new wide receiver just acquired from Atlanta. So we will see, you know, June 2nd, we will be back to do that. Um, I don't really have anything else for you, Joe. We miss you. We'll see you next week. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the offensive points.